a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening. Presented by Fox Racing. We thank you guys. This is the, uh, the Red Bud wrap-up, round six, halfway uh, of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. It was a great day in Red Bud, great weather, nice track. And at MotorcycleSuperstore.com, they are a passionate team who speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest rod, and to the latest parts and gear. They got it all. This is the place to go to get gear, accessories, tires, parts, apparel, MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Dot com, 700 trusted brands. If you want to support this podcast, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com and uh, PB-Pulp16 is your code to save 10%. So PB, like peanut butter, dash Pulp16. Uh, use that code when you go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com and uh, yeah, check them out. And Fox Racing, Foxhead.com. The global innovation leader in motocross racewear, Kenny Roxon wears Fox, and he wins every moto right now. So foxracing.com, continuing to elevate the game of, of uh, gear out there. And we thank those guys. We thank superstore.com. We thank Fox and RacerX Online. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line, we've got a four-way going, folks. How exciting is that? A four-way. Uh, first up, he is my boss at RacerX Online. He's the voice of American motocross, voice of GNCC, voice of Endurocross, the Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, yeah. Happy July 4th. Yeah, doing podcasts instead of um, things that most Americans do. I know you wouldn't understand that as a uh, Canadian, but um, it's an awesome way to spend the day. Yep. Oh, great, great to hear because I finished up observations yeah. today. I'm working on a Tim Geyser interview, and uh, now I'm doing this podcast. So it's a great day. When was Canada Day? It was recently, wasn't it? It was Friday. Yeah. Oh, you probably partied a big time. I spent the day on an airplane. Uh, also yeah. online, uh, selling fly racewear across the world. He is also probably not working today over at the WPS guy Center. Uh, Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Oh, you know, uh, just working on America's birthday. Here we go. Here we go. Also on the line, MotorcycleSuperstore.com Suzuki rider, uh, Jimmy Albertson. What's up, Top Jimmy? I'm working as well, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, I know you don't think riders work, but I seriously I really consider myself a rider. <laughs> I, I seriously texted two people today and got one saying, I don't know, I'm drinking, and the other one reply back was, I'm drunk. So <laughs> other people in the industry are not really providing me with much, much information or much help today. So uh. Yeah, I, re- I, really, I really tried hard to drink yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm just... I just couldn't hang, man. It was like 7.30, and I'm like, all right, I'm tying one on a little bit. And then 9.30 rolled around. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> then, 9.30. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was over at my neighbor's house. I'm like, I'm going to go check on the dog. And then I just kind of went into my bed and slept. No, oh, well, Jimmy, you had a hard-fought day at Redbud. Two, moto, two motos at, uh, at Redbud. It, it did get hot. It was cold in the morning. 
but did get hot. But those 21-21 scores, Jimmy, that's the ultimate kick in the nuts. You would, I would rather DNF, DNF if I'm a rider than go 21-21 on the day. Oh, man. You know what? You say that, but honestly, it's, I, it is what it is. Not only did I go 21-21, I'll give you the full spiel. I went 21st in the second moto at, at Muddy Creek, and then I, went, I qualified 21st. And then I went twenty one twenty one, so mm. I'm just I should have went I should have went to the frickin' blackjack table. Yeah, JT, JT, have you ever gone twenty one twenty one at a race? It's gotta be. I have. Oh. I can't think of the exact time off the top of my head, but I know I have. Yeah. Oh, it's just terrible because everybody knows twentieth gets you a point. So yep. um, yeah, 21-21. And honestly, I would have been good. I would have been good both motos to score points and and not get lapped, but I went down. Had had mistakes and fell. So yeah, I saw your shoulder. Um, your shoulder was all dirty at one point. Your helmet and yeah, was, shoulder was all dirty. I know. I made. I was like the second moto in the last fifteen minutes. I like started just clicking off really good laps, and I caught up to people who had passed me gains, and I could see, I could see Nichols up in the distance, and I'm like, all right, like I'm making ground quick on these guys. This is good. And as soon as I was, I went to go go around gains on the outside and just. Like he'd roosted me, and I was like, ah, "I'm not going to pull a tear off. I'm just going to go for it around the outside." And I must have just collected a rock or something with my front wheel because I just washed out big. And yeah, so yeah. ended up losing some time, but that's eh, whatever. I still I still rode better, and I got a decent start at the first moto. So your uh, your motorcycle superstore Suzuki teammate Kyle Cunningham at his best race of the year, thirteen thirteen for the uh, vet. So good job for Kyle. Yeah, I know. I wish I could just give him my starts. <laughs> I had de- I had decent starts both motos. On the first moto, I think I got like a fourth place start, which was awesome. And it's like he starts from like twenty fourth and goes all the way up to thirteenth both motos. And he was riding really well. I mean, he had like a killer battle with Forkner the first moto for the first twenty minutes of the race, and you know just kind of you know it just sucks. I wish he could start a little further up front, but. We're making some good improvements with the bike. We had a huge uh, – he actually wasn't able to to run what I ran this weekend because it was, like, last minute, like, kind of, we're going to try this new, you know, throttle body mods that we did. Mm-hmm. It made a huge difference. So he'll have that for this weekend. So I think that that's going to – that's going to up his game even even more for Southwick and the races to come. So I'm excited for Kyle. Well, I think he's starting to turn the corner. We didn't do one of these after Muddy Creek. I was in Europe. I went to Italy last weekend. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the race. JT, like I said, we didn't do one of these last weekend, but, man, Tomac was good. Tomac was close to Kenny. Things were looking good. The number three was hoping to get a win. Take away, you know, on America's birthday, he ain't going to let no German win. Uh, but no, no, he was actually in front in the second moto, but, uh, yeah, that gap got real big again. Yeah, this was, uh, very similar to two years ago at Redbud for Kenny, where he was just so much better than everyone on, on the day. Um, I don't, I don't feel like he was at any point concerned or worried or <laughs> no, anything no, about anyone. No, you know I mean? It was just no. one of those days where you, that's how you draw it up and, dream of days like that where it just it looks like it came so easy to them you know yeah uh, um, you watch everybody else out there work so hard to get around the track and you, they kind of pan back to him and it just is effortless jimmy uh, uh, a couple riders told me it was the roughest track of the year do you agree um yeah it was definitely it was definitely really rough but what's always the good thing about red Bud is that like the dirt's so good that it's not 
it's rough, but like you seem to get be able to push and get traction. Um, the bumps were pretty massive everywhere. It was rough, but like it was it was a fun type of rough. You could like push on it and not have to worry about you know hitting a really slick spot or or a spot that was you know you're gonna lose traction on. Mm-hmm. But the track was, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better racetrack. I mean, they put they put a lot of sand down. I mean, even so much sand where. Kyle and I both ran the full scoop tire, both motos. Um, yeah, someone else did too that I talked to. They ran um, Amar, yeah, maybe. Amar Os- ran full scoop. Osborne. Yeah. Oh, Osborne. Yeah, Osborne did. Right. Osborne did. Yeah, Osborne did, and he killed it that second moto. And I was talking to Zach on the starting gate a little bit, and I saw him line up for the second moto with the scoop. And I was like, oh, going for the scoop. He's like, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, don't worry. It's on our bikes too. Like, it was just such a big advantage, like, in mm-hmm. those sand rollers. And I watched the race back on TV, and you could see even Zach, like he made a couple runs to those sand rollers where he would come out of the inside where you couldn't carry near as much momentum, but the bike would just completely pull through those sections. And it was sandy enough everywhere else to where you could choose to run a slick line or you could go outside into the sand. So, I mean, it was it was an awesome racetrack. You could ride it so many different ways. It was good. JT, did you notice on TV? Did you you watched it, right? Obviously, I would yeah, hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice on TV? I I kind of noticed it. I I don't have a great viewing position at Red, but I'm in the announcers tower, which is kind of in the middle of the track. On you can see both sides. That's the good news. But bad news is you're pretty far away. But JT, I noticed Kenny pulling a ton of wheelies. He would just be pulling wheelies and set the front end down. You know, right before a corner, come out, wheelie over the bumps, set the front end down again. Did you notice that? I didn't notice it per se, but I know Kenny's really good about doing stuff like that. And, you know, he's obviously just keeping the front wheel light. And it, honestly, if you watch the other guys, uh, you could see guys like Barsha and these guys were, I mean, they were plowing through every single bump all the way around the track. And then that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier with looking effortless. Is he didn't look like he was hitting the bumps. They were. They were. Yeah. If you watch Justin and Eli battling, I mean, they were just. They were really looking like they were put a lot of effort in, and they. I mean, they were beating the track, you know, into submission where Kenny was kind of working with it a bit more. Yeah. And man, man, the results were, you know, telltale at what you look at the end of the race. Where do you think Kenny what? was? Where do you think Kenny was really good, JT? Did you notice a section? You know what? He was tying the track together really, really well. Um, he wouldn't necessarily. When I watch Eli and Justin, their styles are very similar in that they're very, very aggressive. Uh, they are trying to carry so much speed that sometimes that pushes them on the edges of the track on the outside. And then I watched Kenny, and he was kind of using a lot of the inside, and maybe not as. He didn't look as fast, but he was shaving tons and tons of feet off of each section. Um, and he was just—he just seemed like he had the track kind of put together better than those two did, and they—they they were trying hard, but it did, just didn't seem like he was all that efficient. Yeah, uh, Weege, I guess if you're Tomac, you're probably depressed because you, you know you were further off, further off the back than you were at Muddy Creek. But his starts seem to be better. Yeah, the starts are uh, are definitely better, uh, which is I'm sure for the most part better, but. Unfortunately, now you don't even get to leave the excuse. Like, I mean, I think Kenny was probably going better at Hangtown and Glen Helen and a lot of other races, but at least then he was probably saying, ah, but if I had had to start, <laughs> right, maybe. Right. Uh, this time he actually like, let him legit. I mean, he let him for like a half a lap in Muddy Creek, and Kenny got around him. But this time it was pretty much straight up that second moto. Because uh, my big question, Ken was so 
adamant that he did not feel good and did not ride good at Muddy Creek. Yes. And he was happy to just get out of there with a win. And I was like, is that the case, or is Tomac just getting better? Now it's starting to look like, yeah, that actually was Ken's bad weekend, and he still, <laughs> yeah. still got it. Yeah, he told me after the race, I, I hated that place. I struggled all day. So it's good to get a win when you're struggling. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's good to go yeah. 1-1 in the premier class uh, in the world, maybe, uh, to, you yeah. know, when you're not feeling good. So, um, yeah, if you're Tomac, he was pretty depressed after the race. I was uh, talking to Bruce Sternstrom for a while at Cowie, and Eli came by, and and I'm like, he was kind of depressed, and I'm like, yeah, guys like you aren't really, you're not really paid to go 2-2 and, and be happy about it. And he goes, nope. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, back to the drawing board. For that team, the good news though, yeah. the good news is Weege, um Tomac's good at Southwick. I guess so's Kenny, but, but Tomac is good at Southwick. That's the one. When Kenny's in a role like this, that's the one issue you have. Like, I'm not going to declare him the world's best rider right now. You know, Dungey's out, and and you don't even want to get into the world discussion, which we we can maybe get into a bit since you just spent time in the GP. But I will say that I think Kenny, I think you could say, is the most versatile rider. I mean. He's proven what he can do in those crazy sand tracks that we raced over there when they had the nations there a few years ago. Uh, he's good in the mud, and he's also really good at supercross. Like, there's very few people that can cross all from what like a sand track to a supercross track is about as far apart in the range you can go. Yeah, and he's good at all that, so that makes it really hard. Yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable, Jimmy. What do you see when you watch Roxon right now and the difference? Um, look, he beat he beat Tickle by almost a minute. Uh, Barsha by almost a minute in that second moto. Uh, he was twenty. What was he up on Tomac? Like twenty some seconds. What do you What are you seeing? It's almost like when he goes out on the parade lap or anything. Like he's able to, he's able to find like how to get over all the large bumps on the track. Like and and not. You watch him and it doesn't even look like he's riding the same track. Like hitting those bumps. So as I'm watching, like the race back and stuff, it's it's almost like he knows where to like get into the parts of the track that are maybe the smaller bumps that are gonna put him over the stuff that's really gonna unsettle him and it's it just makes it look like he's floating around the track. It doesn't even look like he's going fast because he's carrying so much momentum that he's never going from a complete stop to wide open. He's just carrying that momentum everywhere. And I think that's where, you know, you you just mentioned he's so good on so many different surfaces and supercross and everything. He's such a technical rider that he picks the track apart so quick by the by just by looking at the track on the first lap, he knows exactly how to ride it right off the bat. Yeah. It's, it's not like he needs to get comfortable or anything. He's like he's confident like this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna go around this racetrack and he just starts from lap one. And that's really what I noticed the biggest about Kenny. Like you guys were saying, you watch Barsha and Eli ride, and it just looks like there's so much effort being used, and, and he's just picking apart the track so much better. So when it comes to be, like, there's those big bumps going down the hill, and he's just able to kind of float across them, that's just, you know, mm-hmm. Kenny at his best. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch, but it's definitely not fun when he's, no, <laughs> definitely not. It's fun to watch, but from a fan's perspective, you want to see somebody get closer to him. JT, do you think you've talked about Kenny and his training program, and, and there's no denying that two years ago when Kenny won the outdoor title, he won Red Bud, like you mentioned, he went one-one, and everything else, and it kind of slipped a little bit in the back half of the series. Do you think that happens again? I mean, you, we know none of us know, but do you think that happens again? 
I don't. Um, I think he's got too much of a gap over these guys. Like, yeah. As far as just where he is. Um, it would be interesting, though, if, if Dungey was out there because I think Dungey, Dungey has more than what Tomac's giving right now. Um, and I don't think Dungey would have been able to beat Kenny yesterday. Like, I firmly believe okay. that he would have well, here's put my, a lot of time into Dungey, too. Here's my next question. Here's my question for okay. my follow up. You touched on it, though. If we go back in a time machine, okay, we, we go to the DeLorean. And we going back in the time machine. Does Kenny Roxon of 2016 JT beat Barsha and Dungey of 2015? Remember last year, Redbud, those two had a titanic battle, right? Uh, Barsha got the overall, right? They went one, two, two, one, I think, last year. Yep. Redbud. Yep. Um, does Roxon beat those two dudes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. He was he was on a different level. I mean, just kind of what we saw. Roxon doing the dunge when Dungey was out there, like an end count. Um, he has more. I just that would be if Kenny was going to slip a little bit. I think you know Ryan is the only one that would be there to maybe capitalize. Um, I don't think Eli or Justin or any of those guys are close enough to capitalize. Even if he slips, it's going to look more like Muddy Creek than yesterday. Right. That, that's what I think he's in danger of is having a battle on his hands. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to fall back into that realm where he's going like three five on the weekend like he did. In, yeah, 176 laps left for Kenny. The next guy has 10. <laughs> yeah, he, oh. he's got a he's got a massive. And, and the thing about it is, is yesterday he wasn't being pushed. You know, I, who knows how much more he had if he really yeah. had to, you know, extend himself out there. I mean, he was probably cruising for the most part and putting 25 seconds on these guys. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, the battle for third, Tickle, two weeks in a row, Wygant, that Tickle has got third overall. I found it interesting. The second moto, Barsha was right there. Barsha probably knew he, you know, he knew he needed to get Tickle. He knew there was a, um, a bonus at stake, probably a top three bonus. Maybe Barsha might be a win-only guy, but, um, but he couldn't do it. He could not beat Brock Tickle. Tickle got third overall again with two great rides. Like, where's this coming from? Yeah, this was one of the most impressive or surprising rides I've seen all year because, yeah, he did get on the podium at Muddy Creek, but that third spot has been kind of crazy mixed up. He got a whole shot in second moto. He went 6-3, and to me it's like you're almost shuffling the deck with about five or six guys in there. Mm-hmm. But here's what he did this weekend. In the first moto, Tomac is battling Barsha, and he straight up caught them. Yes. And for a while, <laughs> he looked like the fastest of the three, and he was just looking for a way around, and he didn't pull it off. But I don't know if I've ever seen that quite that level of speed uh, from Tickle before, and then second moto, basically the same thing where Barsha wasn't able to catch him. So last week it was he got a start. There's a really tight group that makes a huge difference. This week he just rode awesome. I, I was amazed. It was great ride by him. Yeah, it was good. Do you think Jimmy that this is does Tickle start being the third place guy? Does he start beating Barsha and Muscan and maybe even Baggett? You know, watching the second moto watching Barsha, he looked just as fast as he was going last year in my mind. Um, you know, if you would have just looked, if you would have just watched these rider individually and not known lap times or anything, I would say he was going just as fast as, you know, just as fast as, as Rockson. Mm-hmm. But it's just that he's just trying so much harder. And, and I feel like last year, like I said, I feel like I feel like Redbud last year to Redbud this year, Barsha rode just as good, but everybody yeah. else is just figuring things out. And I, 
Tickle, I could see Tickle for sure being a third-place guy. We know Tickle's in good shape. He's confident in his he, bike. He's yeah, getting I was, better starts. I was impressed with his fitness. You know, like, yeah, his fitness was good because like, Barsh is in shape, and, and Tickle kind of wore him down in the second moto. Yeah, he did. I, I mean, I, I would definitely see Tickle. Tickle's uh, these next couple rounds are going to be very physical. It's probably it's probably going to be pretty warm up in Southwick too. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, when, when Tomac's having an off day, if, if Tickle can't beat him when Tomac's struggling, because it seems like when Tomac starts to struggle and as soon as he gets that, that thought in his mind that my bike's not working right, it's almost like it just, it compounds on it that much worse. Maybe if your wife wouldn't um, go and get him in trouble and pin him down with those horrible questions, Jimmy. I know, right? The questions <laughs> everybody wants to hear. Yeah. Nobody wants to ask. Dude, it was uh, fine. Had... It was great. I loved it. I sent Georgia a text he... even. It's great. If somebody says he... something, follow he... up on it. He wanted to talk about it though. He you know, like yeah. it's not it's not like I think if if uh if she would ask a different writer about it, they would have tried to cover it up. But you could tell Barsha wanted to to let people you know, know oh, about it. It wasn't like that she just brought the question up out of nowhere. He was obviously <laughs> wanting to talk more about it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's I mean, it's all good. He uh, did a good job this weekend. JT, what do you think? Tickle, is this going to be the start of Brock Tickle's reign as far as getting thirds? <laughs> she's going to be in the fight for it. Um, I don't think he's just going to be the third place guy stamped, you know, stamped every time. Yeah. Uh, we're on, we were on two tracks where he's, He's got a lot of time about those tracks. Uh, Buddy Creek was, you know, where he grew up, uh, not far from there. And then his wife is from Michigan, so he's been in that Michigan type. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to su- summer there all the time. Um, so I think those are two great tracks for him. Having said that, I think he's going to be in that conversation. I but think so, I think too. Be, yeah. yeah, I think we're going to see guys like Muskan and, and Barsha. There's going to be other guys that are going to have something to say. Uh, and Purcell's getting better. There, there are going to be guys that are in that fight, uh, but he's certainly made it known that he's, you know, he's he's trying to lay claim to it. Uh, because as we said, the podium spot is wide open. You know, there's a there's a first place and a second place that are pretty established. Mm-hmm. But after that, man, week in to week, you know, week in week out, it's it's up for grabs right now. And yes, uh, Barack has kind of staked his claim the last two weekends, but I think we're going to see shakeups there more often than not. Moosegan was good. Not great starts, but he came through the pack pretty quick. JT, you didn't like some of the things you saw from Marvin, though. Uh, I, and it goes back to stuff he's done. You know, this was something we talked about when he was on his 250 um, with with Webb last year. Remember how, how mad Webb was at him yeah. uh, for the way he races? And, and I saw more of it yesterday. I haven't seen it lately, but I saw it yesterday with Waggett. And I just I don't necessarily love that kind of racing where you're moving over on the guy all the time. Um, I think it's dangerous. I don't, you know, I I was on record as saying last year if people right. do that to me, then you know they're going to get a part of my motorcycle plastered onto the side of their motorcycle <laughs> sooner than later. Right. Um, I just I just don't agree with that I, style of racing. See, and, and everybody's you know yeah, it's, it's fair game. Do whatever I'm, you want. I'm not on that. Yeah. I'm not me. I'm gonna blast. I I, uh, I didn't race at your level, anywhere near your level or Jimmy's level, but I raced and I watch and I'm just like, hey man, he's in front. Like he's got the momentum. He's in front. He he kind of controls the track. Like not always. There's been some brutal examples. Don't get me wrong. There, there, Marvin has done some some moveovers that are not great, but I'm not like infuriated like no i don't know if you're infuriated jt you're no I'm not. But, but whatever I yeah, yeah I, i'm not on that side as much as you like uh you know but then again i didn't but, race at your level but 
But when you're purposely moving over on somebody, their line all the time, like that gets really old really quickly. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, if, you would ask, if you would ask Baggett, I guarantee you he would probably be like, yeah, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> right. Race. You know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah. don't worry about my front wheel every time. What do you think, Jimmy? I think, honestly, all it's going to do is take him, take, all it's going to take is him doing that to the one rider that's not smart enough to shut down. And it's going to be, it's going to be bad for both ends. So you you're know, like Jimmy. You're more I, I on JT. You're I more on JT side, down. Jimmy. You're more with JT. I, a, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, if you're in shape and you feel like you're running a pretty close pace to somebody, like you can shut them down a couple times and throw them off the rhythm and stay in front of them. But there's there's certain things that I saw even with the Baggett race this weekend. Like, I was like, man, there's a little bit too much, you know. Okay. But yeah. at the end of the day, like he's out there fighting, and he, like I say, he's in shape, and he's and it's not like it's not like he's back there holding the guy up that's going four seconds a lap quicker than him. He's holding the guy up that's going maybe he's going a forward a quicker than him. Uh, yeah, Marvin's going you know, forward, and, and they're and they're both passing guys and going through the pack. So it's tough to say, but it is it's a couple times you're like, oh man, like that could have got that could have been bad if that other guy wouldn't have just chopped off a little bit. And that that kind of sucks because when you're a third year on a 450 going up the face of a jump or you know, into the side of a wall, like, that's just, I mean, it, you're you're inches away from just disaster. Yeah, that, that's what makes me angry about it. It's the dangerous side. Right. Like, it's like, fine, if you want to race and you think you're better than me, it's great, but you're you're taking some big chances with our safety when you start doing that because that's a good way to hurt somebody to take their front wheel out going that fast on a 450. Like, you just, right. you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, Top Jimmy, I got a perfect guy for you to hire next year. Drop him on a Suzuki. He's already on a Suzuki. He'll fit on an RMZ250 perfectly. Uh, Matt Bichelia, uh perfect, perfect guy. Fit right in. Be great. You should really look into him. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, I mean, I'm we've, kidding, seen him on the, we've seen him on the 250. Yeah, I know. know. It did, didn't go so well. Yes, it wasn't your team, right. but it was another RMZ250 team. Um, I don't know. Matt, you know, you look at his results from last year on Geico. And they're similar to what he's doing this year in the 450 class. You know, um, that bike. You know, it makes you kind of wonder, like, man, why don't you just, why don't you just drop Stewart on that setting that he's on? You know, because I feel like I watched, I watched the show and his bike seemed to be working really good. Everything seemed to be flowing. Like even all the Suzuki's um, in the 450 class were. I mean, shoot, there's so many of them up there in the front with Tickle, Rocks, and. Um, Baggett and Bichelia, so it's like mm-hmm. they got it going on. They got a good motorcycle. They got things figured out. I, you know, yeah. It's I, just, I, I tweeted with this. Bichelia, uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be hard. I tweeted this yesterday. Uh, I was told by the Honda guy that Honda's got six out of twelve hole shots, and uh, so far this year, and I was told by a Yosh guy that Yosh had four bikes in the top ten. Yosh Motors. So there we go. Uh, Weed. You know who this Bichelia reminds me of a little bit though? Like he's been good. There's no doubt about it. He's been really good. Uh, this is like Sean Hamblin. Maybe not as good as Hamblin. Hamblin was really good when he got picked up by Factory Suzuki. But, man, Bichelia is not far off. The Hamblin thing was a little more mind-blowing because he was national number 99, and most people had not even heard of the dude. Yeah, true. And he was true. taking Travis Pastrana's place. So, well, I guess I guess you could argue that he's actually taking Stu's place, which is just as high-profile as Travis. Uh, but we had mixed... Uh, expectations of Stu even coming in. You know, I think back then you're like, maybe Pastrana will be battling for this title. He could be Carmichael. And the next thing you know, they take a number one off his bike, and there's some unknown. 
getting a podium. Uh, yeah. I think it's a little more of a known commodity, so it makes it a little less crazy. Yeah. But um, I was I was partially wondering if that really good ride he had the first time out at Lakewood, you know, you would think normally he'll get better each week as he gets more used to it. But a lot of times, you know how this works. Dudes are pumped up. Yeah. First race back from injury or first race in a while or first race in a new team. That's actually the best they ever do. But, no, he's actually – this was even better than that. He really is incrementally improving. He could eventually be getting fits if it all breaks the right way. He wasn't far away this week. Yeah, I mean, we got some injuries. There's no doubt about it. But still, those are good rides by, by Matt. Yeah, yeah I'll, yep. I'll, I'll add in on Bechet's behalf. Like, he, we go down and race that Pro Challenge race every year, and he would be down there a lot. And he'd ride the 450 on the 450 day and then 250 on 250 day or whatever. And he was always, like, You'd watch him ride the 450, and it was like, wow, this guy's good on the 450. Like, mm. So, honestly, I think he's just a 450. I think he's better on the 450. I, I think that he could actually do really good in 450 Supercross if he got on a good program and a good bike. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Bichelia try to try to look for – you know, maybe maybe like a, a smaller 450 ride that's out there, maybe something like that. I mean, which probably won't even be available, but something like a Rock River or something like that just to yeah. kind of get him in the 450 class full time because, I mean, he sure he sure rides that bike really good. He, he rode really well this weekend. He's been riding every – I mean, even Colorado that first weekend. I remember watching him in the second moto and just being like, man, this guy's – this guy is straight up beating Brayton Shorts, um, you know, Whoever. Vogel and yeah. stuff like that. And he's, I don't know, I just think he's a 450 guy. Are you, I'll ask all three of you guys this. If you're Justin Bogle, you got both hole shots, but you went uh, 10-9 and you kind of went to the back pretty quickly after grabbing those hole shots. Are you happy, Weege, or are you depressed? No, I would not be happy. I don't know if I'd go full depressed. Never go full depressed. Never go full depressed. But uh, I don't think I'd be pumped. I mean, there, I think Bogle was getting on the verge of and probably thinking that he could be, you know, top five speed. I think he had some sixth earlier in the year. And once you're in that mix, just like Tickle, you think, well, things break the right way. Maybe I can even get a podium. So to whole shot both motos and barely get in the top ten, no, there's no way he's pumped on that. I'm sure the starts are cool. And I actually said to him, I go, hey, I'll give you this. I'm glad that on a day you know you're not feeling it, you at least still go for the starts because we know there's some dudes that would be like, yeah, I do not want to go backwards like that again. But nope, he did go for it again, (laughs) and it happened again. So I give him credit for at least trying, but I know, no, there's no way he's pumped. He definitely got passed, I'm sure, by guys. It's one thing to get passed by Rocks and maybe Tomac, but, you know, he doesn't want to get passed by some of these other dudes that I'm sure he thinks he's at the same level of. Yeah, yeah, probably. JT, you happy or or did we just capture it? Yeah, I think uh, I think you would probably rather do what DV always does, you know, go for the get the bad start and then move forward. Yes, yeah. Versus start, you know what I mean? And then everybody comes out like, oh, pretty good job, you know, way to move forward. <laughs> Not just like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, what God. happened? But you still got the same result. Right. It looks so much worse. Right. Um, you know who was good? Benny Bloss was good. He'd never he been to Redbud before. He charged up both motos, passed his teammates. JT, Benny Bloss was good. Yeah, he was, and he he's one of those guys that he's trying to find a home for next year, and uh, you know he's a bigger guy, so I think the 450 is where he needs to be. Oh, he, he probably won't get a 450. He can't. He can't ride a 250 next year. He can't. I just don't know where he's going to go on a 450, though. I mean, look at guys who are still available. I know. 
support him. You know what I mean? That's the tough thing. He, he absolutely deserves something. I just think there are so many guys that are just better than him that are still they're searching themselves. So that's that's going to relegate him to a 250. I'm afraid that's you know, that's just how reality is for this particular year. Jimmy, tell Motorcycle Superstore to open up the checkbook. Have like six guys. You can get like six great 450 guys. Dude, no kidding. There's a ton out There's there There's right so now. many guys. Like, you, know, speaking, you, you guys are talking about Benny and, and Justin. I mean, I ride with these guys every day. With on, you know, They're all part of the Raynard training facility crew. And, um, you know, him, Benny, Bogle, Colt, Nichols, um, you know, Austin Fortner, and I watch Benny every single week, and he is unbelievably fast during the week, like um, mind-blowing fast sometimes. Sometimes he'll go out there and it's just like, I mean, he's putting time on everybody, like just ridiculous. So for him to go 10, you know, 10th overall this weekend, that really, for how fast he is during the week, doesn't even, I mean, you know, if he would show up, like he does during the week, then he could even be further forward. Really? Huh? So he's yeah. got ton, tons of raw speed. So mm. it's kind of funny. You mentioned that Vogel. Vogel's going backwards. Vogel didn't have the best week last week. You know, he was kind of a little bit, little bit run down, a little bit tired. So I, I see Vogel going into next weekend, having a better week and then, you know, improving and being a lot better. You know, mm-hmm. he definitely struggled and he wasn't too stoked how the day went. You know, he was pretty bummed out, but you know, I wouldn't worry about Bogle. That really was kind of a, a rough weekend for him. And even if you looked at, like, the 20-minute mark, he was still in, like, fifth place. And if he just could have held it together those last, you know, 10, 15 minutes, it would have been a lot better. But he did say, um, you know, the motivation was once he did get back into that spot where Benny was all over him, he's yeah. like, well, I'm, not, I'm either, I'm either going to die or I'm going to beat Benny. <laughs> yeah. You know, like – you know, because Benny's Benny's been around the Rainer Train facility and Justin since he was, you know, amateur and just getting going. And mm-hmm. it's just good to see that kind of rivalry. So maybe if Benny rides better and gets a better start, then we'll see Justin one spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if Benny gets second, then Justin will get first. It's really funny to me, so. Weege, Weege, if you'd gone back into the motocross pits in uh, 1998, maybe 97, and said, hey, everybody, Robbie Renard, that guy over there, a little overweight, fades a lot, gets arm pump every time. He's going to start a training facility with a lot of great riders. What do you think what some people would have said back then? <laughs> because- yeah, I know what you're getting at because I think maybe maybe even unfairly, I think Raynard uh, probably had the rep of, oh, oh just got, the guy just has talent. The guy just has unbelievable talent. He's just talent. You know, yeah, talent. He never, that doesn't work. He's not in shape. He fades. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Trust me, I was around. Yeah, clearly the guy knows uh, right. a whole lot more than uh, people thought back then when they thought, all he does is just sit on the bike through the rough stuff and somehow go really fast and make it look smooth because that's, yeah. that's the amazing thing about the dude. And, yeah, apparently there's a lot more knowledge or work or effort or information than yeah. people were giving him uh, – Back in his days as a rider. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I like Robbie, and yeah. but trust me, I was around the pits. JT, you were too. Robbie's yep. rep was not one of someone who would start a training facility <laughs> ever, no. ever. No. He was opening like a raw talent factory. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah. yes. So it was, uh, certainly the reputation that he was working on a lot of talent, not a lot of uh, work behind. Yeah, well, that's funny, but it's working out good for obviously Jimmy, like you said, you're there. Good for Robbie. It's turning around. I just find it funny. No, and Robbie, you know, his whole career, he was, 
he dealt with a lot of bad injuries too, and that obviously doesn't help when it comes to no. You know, yeah, he being never physically fit for, for he, the races. He always I mean, came he, back too early too. Just, he never let him heal. He never. I, he always came back too early. I, I, you know what Robbie's so good about is everybody. Everybody's working hard and everybody's training hard and everything like that. But really, telling these riders how to ride the most efficiently and and ride with that Robbie Reynard style, you know, that, that made him so great. And that's kind of his, I think the big thing that, that goes along with his facility is being able to learn bike technique. And that's something that a lot of people kind of look past a little bit like, Oh, well, these guys are professionals. They know how to ride. Well, you know, there's a lot of days where he's just strictly like, Hey, we're just going to work on technique form, you know, making sure you're riding the motorcycle, right? So, you know, there's those days, just like you watch rocks and ride, he's using so much less energy. And that's kind of being more efficient is definitely going to be the way to go in the future to be able to push harder and go faster. Yep. Uh, JT Bowers came back in. He's a fill-in for Josh Grant, who's a fill-in for Will Hahn. The Cowie guys are hoping Will Hahn gets back for the last couple, by the way, um, and, the G- and the USGP. So it won't be that long before Wilbur's back. But did you have JT... Sixteen twenty, and then where Tyler Bowers will finish the pool? Yeah, I I said somewhere between fifteen and twenty, depending on his fitness. Because um, that was kind of our conversation was top fifteen. I said now, but top twenty, you know, like so we we nailed it. I think as far as what we expected from him. Yeah. Uh, I, I I am sure there are people out there that had you know grand aspirations for what he was going to do, but you got to be realistic. One of the so, Ca- one of the Cowies guys told me before the day twelve twelve, and I'm like, oh no 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 no. No. He's yeah, not got to look at who's getting twelve twelve, and knowing that he hasn't been riding really, or yeah. you know, hasn't raced outdoors in a long time. That that's a lot to ask for. Yeah. So, what do you think? And I think he's still he's still dealing with fitness issues too. You know, like with the with getting over, you know, having Epstein Barr last year, or having, you know, in the back surgery and everything like that. So I think it was a good week. It was a decent weekend for him. I, I going into the going into the day. Somebody asked me, "Oh, what do you think? What do you think uh, Bowers is going to do?" And I think I had him. I said sixteen twenty hmm, um, yeah. moto scores, and he wasn't far off that. I think he went. That's what he got. He I went sixteen. Like, he went. What he, got. he went. He went sixteen twenty. I thought he went eighteen twenty. No, he went sixteen twenty. Oh man, I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you know, but you know that's that's about where he's at. He but he is good at red. But I can remember back in like two thousand nine, um, going to Red Bud and being battling with him for like ninth place when part other in four fifties in four fifties. What was he riding? He was riding on a four fifty a Moto Concepts bike. I do not remember that. I blocked that out of my memory. Yeah, so he was he was good there on a Honda. Um, and he's obvious yep. on a Honda. Okay. Yeah. Bike was on so, that team um, too. What's that, JT? Uh, Weston was on that team too. Oh, Weston and Pike or, or Pike, Weston Pike. Weston and Bowers on the same team. Just yep. angry. <laughs> so I think I think it'll be if it and it, he got lucky at being cool this weekend or, or not quite as hot as it 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 could have been. Um, so we'll see. With the, I think it's supposed to be pretty warm and humid at uh, Southwick this weekend. So you'll kind of definitely see where all that's at. But mm-hmm. Tyler definitely can ride a bike. That's for sure. Uh, Andrew Short had his best moto of the year with a ninth. First time in the top ten. Good job for Shorty. Uh, what else? Uh, Norin is Norin going to be on the factory bike? Weege, do you think? Do you think we see him on there? 
Man, I have to think so. I mean, Dan, I, I don't know what third yeah. status it is, but I, I don't. I mean, they're really in, in a bind right now with both dudes being out. Yeah. I know Vogel rides into that tent, but it's not the, quite the same situation. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't. He's riding about as well as he usually does. Yeah, Dan Dan Bentley was not not divulging any info to me. Not going to okay. tell me anything. So um, Trey um, Trey Trey rode last Thursday um, out at Raynard's place, and he looked he looked pretty good. Like. Um, still, when in that crash that he had, when he hurt his back, he, he bumped his elbow and it just kind of screwed up his ulnar nerve. Like, just kind of gave him a. Not, he doesn't really have good sensation in his hand, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's just. It's nothing major or big. It's just basically like hitting your funny bone super hard, and it's just gonna take a little while to come back. So I think he just wants to make sure that he can hold on good, and and it's not gonna be something where he's gonna have another yeah. injury because of it. But um, I, I, I think you definitely see Trey back at Millville. But, um, you know, for this weekend, I don't know. Yeah. Kinda, Mil- he's, he is going to ride this week and stuff like that. I know he's going to Southwick just as a, you know, yeah. for a Honda representative just to be there. So I think uh, I think Dino's coming back from Millville too, JT. Did you hear that? I think that's what the plan uh, is. I know that's what he was aiming for. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think there's still time for he can adjust that if he's not ready. Right. But he looks pretty good from yeah. talking to people that have been around him. He's, he's getting there quick. Yeah, Dean and Trey will help. You know, help the class out a lot. They come back at Millville. That'd be good. Um, Phil's bike broke both motos. He lost his rear brake in the second moto. Phil's bike broke in the first moto. Poor Phil. Uh, probably was five or six place each moto when that started to happen. So. Bad day for Phil. Um, Pike's bike broke too, but I think it was more due to crashing really hard in the first moto. So he crashed a lot, man. I that guy's tough. Like obviously <laughs> that's very you know apparent. Yes, and he, he crashed a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, Heath Harrison had another good day. Someone told me, oh, he only did good because it's his home track. He rides from he's from Muddy Creek, or he rides Muddy no, Creek all like the from time. Alabama. Well, whatever. Someone said he rides at Muddy Creek all the time. Ah, it's just no. a one-off performance. But wearing the number 99 in honor of Wayne Gretzky, Heath Harrison was great. Is he still – and I, I should probably know this more than you guys, but he was like Troy Adams' protege there for a while. And I don't know if that's still happening or if they split up or what, but Troy was his trainer, oh, he was? coach, mentor, all that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. So I haven't I seen Troy. still <laughs> happening or not. I haven't seen Troy for a while. There's always going to well, be he somebody. Moved Alabama, he moved to Alabama. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Years, so. There's always going to be someone hating when whenever a guy like that gets a good result. Oh, well, oh I know. Yeah. This or yeah. that, you know, <laughs> like, he's a good dude. He's a he's a. I've talked to him a lot just when I was mm-hmm. when I was driving the circuit and being a pri- super privateer, and he um, he loves it. He loves racing. That's good to see him doing good. Weege, can you throw out a great Gretzky reference if you show Harrison? Uh, who? Gretzky. I actually know more about Heath Harrison, national number 99, in uh, AMA Pro Motocross than I do Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Asshole. All right, everybody, let's get to the 250 class. But first up, some commercials. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use code PB-PULP16 uh, to save money at uh, the guys at Motorcycle Superstore, big part of Jimmy's team. And uh, everything they need, everything you need to go riding, they've got it. Check out their website, uh, Do You Speak Moto at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Listen to this commercial from Racetech, Racetech Suspension. Use code PULPMX16 to save yourself money with some suspension service. And Michelin, got a brand new tire out, Starcross 5. Uh, Randy Richardson and uh, everyone down at Michelin has been working hard with this new tire. Whatever you thought of Michelin tires before, 
throw it away because now they have this uh, brand new Starcross 5 tire. Listen to this commercial, and uh, we'll be right back here on the uh, Motorcycle Superstore Racer X podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com Racer X podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Racing Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and a Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. If you want to save there, they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come in the corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, 
Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting traction handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back! MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing, Foxhead.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Top Jimmy Albertson on the line. Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas were talking some Red Bud on uh, July 4th, which is, uh, seems fitting um, to, uh, to talk about it. So let's go to 250 class. Um, well, Cooper Webb, not happy doing press conferences, but Weegee may have to do a lot more of them. Because 1-1 uh, one, one on the day, he's got the points lead, and his wrist is feeling better. He's able to practice. He's down there with a giant sombrero at south of the border, um, and um, he's killing it right now. He, he, he looks great, and um, I would not I, – I know it's easy to jump on this bandwagon, Wygant. Everyone's going to do it. I would, I would not – I would put money on Cooper Webb not losing this points lead the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm with you, and I know that – you're going to hear a lot of people saying, oh, dude, there's tons of races left, and we see things change all the time, but you're just looking at so many factors right now. It's like when you're hot, you're hot. Not only did he all of a sudden get healthy and then start winning, and winning in in pretty impressive fashion all at the same time, but just look at how strange, I mean, it's like ghosts out there. Like, all of a sudden, at the same time, things are just falling apart for everybody else. Cooper Webb, with the wrist injury, I think it's a surprise that he's up here this early in the season, you know, leading the points into the halfway mark. But I think what's more shocking, if you told anyone three weeks ago that the points would be this spread apart in the 250s, there's no way anyone believed it. But taking some bike problems with the Martins and them crashing and having problems at the wrong time, and then Savachi, who, dude, at the end of that first moto at Muddy Creek, I mean, he was right there early in moto two there. I'm like, wait a minute. Is Savachi just about to kind of take this over? He mm-hmm. won. I believe five out of nine motos at that point yeah. in the season. And then a 25-point lead or something like that, or 23-point lead, I think, over Whip. Uh, I cannot believe how quickly it's turned, but it's like when you're hot, you're hot. Not only is Webb riding better than he has at any point all year and better than anyone else, but all the other dudes are completely falling apart at the same time. Uh, JT, Webb holds this lead the rest of the way. Would you, you're a betting man, as we all know. Would you bet on that? You know, I kind of we talked about this in our three-on-three column on Racetracks Online, and I think it's going to be kind of topsy-turvy the whole way. Uh, you know, the question posed was, is going to be a Savachi Webb uh, kind of one-two to the end? And I don't think so. Uh, I think Webb's going to have bad weekends, just like Savachi did this weekend, and, and we've seen both of the Martins have their troubles. I just think that's how this series is going to go, and, and Webb, may well win this thing. I just don't think it's going to be, oh, yeah, Webb's taking over and he's healthy and it's game over for everyone. I, I personally don't see that. I think the the margins between these guys are, are pretty much zero. Um, I think Alex and Jeremy, Jeremy struggled a bit, but I think Savachi, Webb, Alex, and Jeremy all could win on any given moto or weekend. So yeah, but I don't think so. I think, I think dude, Cooper's going to have a couple problems got, and, and it's going to tighten back up. He's got 45 points on Amart. 45 points. I'm not saying Amart's going to win the title, but I just think Cooper's going to have a crash or something and, and let Savachi back in this, and Amart's going to have a strong weekend. I just think if, we've, if you could bet on anything in this class, it's that variance is, is going to happen. And these guys aren't – they're not Ryan Dungey. They have good weekends and bad weekends, and I think you're going to yeah. see more of that as the series goes on. I don't know. Jimmy, what do you think? 
Man, I it's far from over. I, I don't think that okay, for one, Cooper Webb, he is a very aggressive rider and that helps him get through the pack because he hasn't been getting very good starts. This weekend he got better starts. He lined up on the inside gate both motos because it was kind of one of those ones where I'm not going to pull the whole shot from here, but I'm going to get a decent start, you know, like both motos. So he did that, and I just think, man, Savachi, just when I'm like, oh, man, there's no way Savachi's on the level, these guys, like, like these guys that are going to figure stuff out, like, he's good. Savachi is – He's really good. I, I think we see Savachi getting good starts all the time and, and winning winning races to get back to that points lead. And with there being so many good guys like Osborne and the Martin brothers and even Plessinger on, on tracks where he's he's you know falling together. Can you you can me? have weekends where you can have weekends where Savachi will go could go one one and, and Cooper Webb could, you know, be a four five. That's a lot of points. Well you know, and I I think going into these next couple rounds, um, Alex Martin, I think he's going to ride really good at Southwick. He's a killer sand rider. He, he rides, he stands up a lot. He rides with his legs. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend you see Alex go, you know, take the overall win and, and get a moto win this, this weekend too. So, and then obviously going into Millville. So honestly, I, just, I don't, I don't think we see Cooper having the red plate the whole entire time. No. I just think Jimmy, this Savachi crash was pretty good too. It might take the wind out of him a little bit. It was a good crash. Um, so, but and no, he's he's been consistently good. I just think Webb's. I mean, I just think Webb's like a special talent. You know what I mean in the sport. Like I think he's going to be the next guy. And when you're the next guy, 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 you know, you don't lose points leads. So yeah, I know. no, he's he's definitely he's confident. There's no doubt about that. Do we? I just do we want to talk know. about these? I, I think do, Jeremy too. Looking at his situation, um, you know, he just he's starting to figure stuff out. He's starting to get more healthy, um, which is is big. He came into the season so beat down, um, and obviously getting rid of Johnny O'Mara, um, you know, he was just he's training him way too hard, and he was just flat and. He's figuring some stuff out, and he's he's starting to you know get his training program back on back on track. And I think uh, with him, like you see you see him putting in harder efforts, you know, and on the weekends because he's training properly. I think you're going to see Jeremy getting back up in there. There's just there's too many guys. I'd like to say I, I hope we can see Zach get some better starts and get up front too because I know he's a little bit out of the championship, but I mean. Man, there's just there's too many guys, and then you even got Forkner, who's you know is going to get comfortable and and catch fire at some point. I would argue right now, Jimmy, that Jeremy Martin is the fifth best guy in this class. Yeah, I don't know, I don't see, yeah. I don't see this turnaround that you just said. I know, you know, part of the problem is he talking and talking to people behind the scenes is he's tired. Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have Epstein Bar. He doesn't have mono. He doesn't have anything like that. But he's just tired. He's tried to rest a lot and not work that hard uh, to try to get back to a level that he's used to. That hasn't worked. Uh, so I don't know. JT, do you see – do you agree with me? I think Jeremy Martin right now is the fifth best guy. I put Osborne ahead of him right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jim Martin's not the same guy that no. we've seen the last two years. Um, fifth best guy, I think I think that's situational because I think we've seen him. I mean, he's won motos this year, so it's not – like you can just stamp him as being worse. Um, I think you're going to see him get better, though. I think he's going to improve. 
as we go on. And I think, uh, you know, the next couple of rounds are going to be very telling for the rest of the series. Um, I fully expect both of the Martins to be on the podium. It's not one, two at Southwick. And then of course at Melville too. So there are a lot of points to be had for these guys and there are good weekends ahead of them. They've just got to capitalize and they've got to hope mm-hmm. that, you know, both Cooper and Joey don't have great weekends. And I think they can get back in this thing and maybe they don't win it, but I think they can draw it down to where it's reasonable again. I think Weege and I are on team web. We're on, and Weege, we know you're a big Team Web guy. <laughs> I, I, I never thought I wasn't. Um, <laughs> We're on Team I Web. Never, I never thought I had a bad thing to say about Cooper Webb. Um, I mean, here's the X factor to me. It's just he was hurt. He's no longer hurt. Yes. And pretty much since then, he's won two in a row. Thank you. And I'm with you. pretty scary, I think, from anybody else. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think so, too. I think, but he, hasn't, he hasn't destroyed these guys. It's not like he just – if uh, he went out no, and I put agree. in a Roxon yep. – a Roxon-esque performance. He's gonna. Then I, then he's I'm gonna. On, I'm you, on watch. you watch. No. You watch. You watch. The guy at the okay, margin. Okay, but do, do you agree yeah. with me on this? If if Osborne this weekend got two top five starts, do you think that he wins? Do you think that he would have won this weekend at Redbud? Mm, no, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I, maybe. Osborne was coming in that second moto. I'm he, not was. Sure he, he was. He was. I think Osborne goes 1-1 this weekend with two top five starts. I want to say he fell down the first moto. Mm, I don't think he fell. He was pretty far back, though. I, he was, I know that I got a good start the first moto, and he didn't pass me until pretty late. And then, like, judging by the mm-hmm. lap time sheet, he was coming quick. And oh, should be interesting. Honestly, we, should also, we should all lay down some money on this. It should be interesting to see what happens. I think, I think Webb I is think, your champ at the end of the year. I just on. don't think it's going to be a runaway. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, well, all I'm saying is Webb doesn't lose his points lead and wins this title. I would bet on that. And, JT, so you just agreed with me. That's all I, that's all I started this with. That's it. I just said, Weege, I don't see him losing his points lead, and I see him, you know, putting this thing out. And now you just well, came back I, around I, on my well, side. I'm... I'm in disagreement with the fact that he's going to run away with it. That's all I'm saying. I don't believe I use those words ever. Oh, okay. Well, that's do, what you were inferring. Now, now would you, you willing inferring. to bet? Would you willing to, you know, bet good money that he is going to he's going to win the championship if if you're betting somebody that it's either Cooper or it's nobody? Like, would you willing to say still like I don't care? Like I would put all my money on Cooper compared to the rest of the field. Yeah, I think he's the favorite. Yeah, over the rest yeah, of the field. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he sh- I understand yeah. what JT's saying. Like, this is not – he's won two in a row. And I don't think at any point so far outdoors he missed a lot of races last year. I don't think we've ever seen the – whatever, the James Stewart, Ricky Carmichael type or Villapoto, like, give it up. He's just going to go 1-1 one, one every weekend. He's just two seconds a lap faster than everyone every single time. Uh, performances. But I, I am impressed that there are these crazy dogfights – and everybody has a shot at it, and he is pretty much always figuring out a way to make it happen. And that even includes when he was hurt. He was figuring out a way to get third or fifth or sixth instead of tenth. Uh, I mean, hey, A-Mart, J-Mart, and Osborne, I thought at different times might have had him in the uh, second moto. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe Savaji had something for him in the first moto, and every time he figures something out. Or McElrath last week, he just he's able to manufacture it, which in this class is yeah. so tightly... Bunch. Yeah, yeah, we're we're on Honestly, team. Honestly, I think I think watching the second moto at Muddy Creek after, like, I mean, I even you know told our guys like go and watch Cooper Webb the second moto at Muddy Creek because that's how you ride a dirt bike. Like he was so good in that second moto that honestly, like you know that performance right there was 
was in my mind way better than his red bud performance. Like he was just mm-hmm. on it. Like, I mean, I look at that and like four laps to go to think he was going to win that race was just like incredible. But you know, Cooper Webb, he's done that in Supercross so many times where it's just like, dude, he's coming. It's, it's, you yeah, know, so we're five all, laps okay. to go and you think there's no way. And he just, he pulls it out. So, so we're all on team Webb. Okay. Against Cooper. Yeah. So I, all... I, I agree with you on that, but I just think there's way too much, there's way too much young testosterone going on in that 250 class where there's just going to be right. there's going to be some chaos going on. Um, and if he can stay clear of the chaos, then yeah, he wins the championship. But there's just there's going to be a lot of gnarly stuff going on. It's definitely the class to watch. Well, Webb's got a lot of press conferences to go to, Weege, so he should not be booking flights. <laughs> Um, he was there. He went this weekend, and he, everybody. I, I wasn't. Uh, Chase Dell was at the press conference. I had to shoot TV stuff. I went to the pits instead, but everybody said he was good and in a good mood. You know, we had a big, obviously, huge discussion after High Point about all the stuff that was going down, and it was like, was he just in a bad mood because of his result that day? Right. Or was it having to go to the press conference or all these things? I have to say that what I saw in the press conference last week and what I heard he was like this week, I think a lot of it was. He was pissed off that he wasn't riding well. And now that he's winning and his wrist doesn't hurt, Mm -hmm. he's in a lot better mood. But update, he did miss his flight on Saturday night. Oh, shoot. He did did miss the flight on Saturday night uh, due to the press conference. So, yeah. You just got to love the diversity, though, in the the 250 class right now. Like with Webb, like just the kind of a bad boy, like just going to say what he wants and you know, just even his social media during yeah. his social media during the week is just hilarious. You know, like calling out, you know, Savachi or whatever, and uh, that's great. I he called out Savachi. What? That. Wait, I missed it. I missed well, it. Yeah, I, I just I saw one post. It was all. It wasn't. It wasn't him. I think somebody filmed a video of him, like some laps around. Um, oh yeah, somebody attached Joey on a video, right? Yeah. At, at <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw. It. I love it. I mean, yeah. Oh god, I, I love it. it. I just yeah, that class is great for the personality. It. Sure, uh, it is. And yeah. then you know you got Alex Martin, which is just dude. He is like, he is the sweetest guy ever. Let's let's face it. <laughs> like, there's nobody nicer than Alex Martin, and just more humble and everything. And then you got the two-time champ who's struggling with stuff, and then you got Fortner as a rookie. You got Plessinger, a young, outgoing kid. Osborne, the veteran, who's finally starting to win. You know, finally won his first moto this year. Like, teared up, really he te- teared he up on the podium. Yeah, he teared up. He teared up. The, the longtime vet teared yeah. up on the podium. Uh, and he got Georgia, 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 Georgia probably yeah, yeah, helped that tear up happen because Georgia was like crying when Zach won. You know, trying to pull herself together because you know he knows I'm friends with Zach. I know how hard he yeah. tries and how you know he just. He absolutely, he loves riding his dirt bike. He's in it for the right reasons. You know, he's such like a good family guy. And and to see him get that win at, at Mount Morris was just awesome. I think there's more to come from Zach, too. Uh, JT, you said Zach was blowing up a inflatable giraffe for his daughter or something between motos or before motos. So, you got, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got, tea parties, you know, yeah. uh, blowing up animals like you're at a carnival. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, hey, can we? Can yeah. you maybe track down the world's fastest mud rider and ask him what's up with his kit? Because he started up front and it didn't go well. Yeah, uh, the Plessinger here we're talking about that first moto was not good. I mean, he was right there. You're mm-hmm. like, you figure for the most part, you splitting hairs between about seven dudes in that class. If you start with them, you're going to finish with them. But in this case, he kind of lost that pack. He was right there with. 
I think the Martins, uh, Webb was up ahead and Savachi was, but he was with the Martins and obviously Osborne ran him down from behind. At the second moto, he did, it was crazy. He did a front flip, I think, by himself on the yeah. third straight. Yeah. Oh, that was, I, I saw that on TV. Yeah. Um, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not good. I really thought that this dude was going to be on it. Um, you know, at any point he'd catch fire, but it hasn't quite been what I expected so far. JT, I'll, I'll, I wrote this in my column coming out, I think tomorrow. Um, Plessinger, and we've talked about this a bunch. Um, Plessinger was involved in this 250 Supercross title with Mookie, right? Right to the end. Do you think it's a uh, – but we're, 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 we're 12 motos in, so maybe this theory doesn't work anymore. Do you think this outdoor series snuck up on Plessinger and, and you know, he's focusing on Supercross and beating Mookie and, and then, you know, the, super, the outdoor series snuck up on him and he's not even ready? Does that theory even work if you're six, six rounds in? I don't. I think it's it's early because last year he was kind of doing this same thing until the last few races. He he didn't do a lot in the in the outdoor series until the last what five or six motos. So I don't know if it was something with those tracks in particular, or uh, you could be onto something too, where he you know he rode more Supercross this year later in the season than he, than he ever has. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of waiting because he's had flashes of brilliance. His his Mount Morris moto, he was incredible. Yep. And then this weekend was not. So I'm kind of reserving yeah. judgment. I don't really know what to what to think yet because we see we've seen such good and such bad. I, I don't know which is the real Aaron Plessinger right now. I just feel like he should be within mm-hmm. that mix. He should he be taught, with those guys. He taught fire Absolutely last year at Washougal in the mud, and then after that, it was like, all right, Aaron yeah. Plessinger is a front running guy. Well, good news. Adamson Cirillo set the pole position, uh, uh, and he didn't crash either moto. So that's the good news for Adam. He uh, he went seven. What did he do? Hold on. He went uh, seven eight on the day. But you know what? I talk to him every weekend. I'm I'm pretty tight with him. I guess I don't know. I'm not friends with him, but whatever. He's okay with this, Weege. He's fine. Like he just wants to stay healthy and wants to get races under his belt, and uh, and that's what he's doing. So I don't know if he really. I think he and anyone else, like just any fan, would say, yeah, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finish top ten and uh, not crashing. Um, I can't imagine that. Like, that, I think that, I think that's kind of like we say about Stu, right? Just come back and just do laps oh, and just do not crash. Stu. Um, well, so I, I mean, honestly, like, I, I look at it this way. Like, I mean, I was I got two bad back to back injuries, and obviously, I'm not near at that level that those guys are at. But, dude, it just it takes a lot out of you. Um, like confidence wise and he's getting starts. He's starting to run up there. I think, I think Cincerello is going to be just fine. It's going to take a year until he can build that back mm-hmm. up and, and be, and be to where he's going to show up the weekends. Like, all right, um, I'm a, I'm a guy who's going to win races and win championships. So I don't think there's anything to worry about Cincerello. Um, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be just fine. I think he just needs right. to go out there and keep doing what he's doing, getting good starts, seeing that pace, and he'll eventually, by the end of the season, be up there battling, you know, JT, for if you're, than uh, he has been anyways. JT, if you're Mike Webb and Stu, Stu says, I'm ready, you just tell Bichelia he's out? I guess that's what you do? What do you do? Do you tell Stu to take all the time he needs? Uh, I think you try to find another mechanic and another bike. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yep. I, no, sir. But seriously, I mean, Michelle has given you given you results, dude. I don't think that's an option. Badly. I don't think that's an option. I've asked those guys. Yeah, and I I think that's 
unfortunately, it's not an option, but I think that is their best option, conceptually, <laughs> because you have a guy that's just, consistent and he's solid, yeah. show you. but then you have one of the most famous and talented racers ever who's saying, hey, I want back out there. You know, yeah. so how do you tell him no? Um, uh, I don't know the answer, but that's what I would try to figure out quickly is get three guys out there. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. for, for the Yoshimura team, I think that, that Vachelio is just making the pro like he's making everybody in the program look so good, you know, to, to like, finally, like, look, we just grabbed this kid, threw him on the bike. And oh, no, it, I think, yes, they're very, they're I, very happy with like, these poor guys are like a, they're like a battered wife. These guys where exactly. are we any good? Is our bike any good? What's going on? Do we suck? Or, and finally, they, like you said, Jimmy, they took this kid and he's putting it, putting good results and he's happy and they they're happy that okay they're exhaling like okay we're all right <laughs> yeah i think you just do what i think jt hit the nail on the head like you do you just figure out how to find another mechanic another bike and you put them out there you keep them out there i think getting stewart back to racing um, what about you know, putting stew back, put then, stew on your team what about putting stew on the superstore team yeah yeah for sure <laughs> he got a 250. He's, he's eligible for hey, 250 outdoors, right? Weege, how well would that go? Hey, uh, Big James. Yeah, hey, uh, Mike Webb here. Um, we're ready for you. Uh, we're going to put you on the Superstore team. Uh, Michelle and Baggett are really doing well. Um, we're just going to move you down there. Uh, yeah, well, how about this? Let's say, hey, um, I tell you what, Jimmy Albertson just got off the phone with him. He said that he's got a spare room at his house, so you just had a new child, but you're going to live in his house in Oklahoma. Yeah. You're going to ride you're with You're going to ride uh, 250 during the week, and you're going to train with Robbie Raynard. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. yeah. No, I think. I work on that technique. Work on that. We're going to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, no, I think uh, Stu's going to be fine. He's just get back out there and have fun ride. And, and, and um, you Stu, know. Stu, we've seen you on it. He needs to do the same thing Cincerillo's doing. Just be like, hey. He needs to just, just be like, Stu, healthy. Stu, look, you've only ridden a 250F one time and you won. But we like to get you. A few more wins on a 250F, like for the record book, like Stu, like for the record, Stu. So get exactly. you on a 250F, Stu. Remember where you crushed everybody at Glen Helen? Remember? Like really try to sell it to him that way. Just really try to. Yeah, no, I, I think it happens. I tell him, hey, man, don't even worry about packing gear. We've got gear for you. No, you've got seven gear. No, you're good. Yeah, we've got seven gear. we got bell helmets. We'll have to work on the darn A thing. But <laughs> no, I I, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, he his wife can you know have a baby or whatever, and he can get back to race and just try to start slowly building confidence. Um, yeah, I cannot believe it. Just this, this few thing just gets more and more bizarre by the year or the month or the week or the day. Okay, we have now just had a discussion about would you bring Stu back or do you just say Bashali is the guy we need to go with? <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. We, we just had this discussion. We just talked about this, and all four of us, all four sane human beings on this phone call went, yeah, yeah, just keep Matt Pichelia. Yeah, I don't know, Stu, Pichelia, like that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, JT, what else, man. Caught, what else caught your eye, JT, in the 250 class? Um, uh, maybe McElrath uh, led again after, you know, the delicate little flowers that riders are, and now he's got confidence, and now he was fifth overall. Or um, Marshall Welton broke up with Justin Barsha, I heard. I didn't know that, but maybe I want to comment on that. 
That was, um, I think that was a little while ago. Was it? Okay. Yeah, they've been broken up a while. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that. I think, I think yeah. that, 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 dude, that's old news. Okay, sorry, bro. Um, also, um, uh, JT, maybe you want to talk about uh, Nick Gaines running fourth early on in the second moto. Yeah, for me, it was it was more about the dynamic between the star guys and Savachi because I think there, you know, there's three star guys, which I don't think all all of them necessarily get along on that team, or um, I don't think it's the greatest cohesive unit right now over there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Savachi, and man, they are like it is absolutely just like Jimmy just said, the class to watch, and it's keeping the summer interesting because when when Jeremy and Alex were going at it, I'm wondering, you know, what's those two are kind of on the same team within a team. And then there's kind of Cooper that's on his own team a little bit. And then, uh, you know, Joey's obviously that Joey and Cooper have kind of had their run-ins already this summer. So mm-hmm. I, I just love the dynamics between that and how that's going to all unfold. Uh, especially if those, you know, if, if Cooper's like, Hey guys, can you guys help me with Savachi this weekend? Like I need some points. And those guys are going to, you know, both have their middle yeah. fingers extended back. Um, I don't know that that for me that's the whole story and the the interesting thing that's still happening out there because the 450 classes, other than the tickle Barsha you know Muskan fight for podiums mm-hmm. kind of over. I mean there's just not a lot to talk about there. Does, okay, let me ask you this: six, uh, twelve motos left. JT, does Roxon win them all? I think he's got a real shot at it, and that's the crazy thing is if he loses a chance at a perfect season because Dude, of a, you know a seven dollar right? part, that yeah. that's just brutal for him. Um, but I, I think he's got a legitimate shot. You know, the odds say no, yeah. it's not going to happen, uh-huh. and I would probably lean that way too because he's, you know it's going to be muddy or he's going to have a tip over, or just not be feeling it like Muddy Creek, and right. Eli's going to finally find a way or something will happen. But man, you've got to like his chances. He looks so uh, dominant, so good, Jimmy. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, I would you know, just the, the simple fact that not only is he performing well, but his teammate is, and that's like you know they're all working together over there. And I know Kyle, you know Bentley, and everybody over RCH, they're doing a phenomenal job at making that bike good. And it's just so much confidence when whenever you know t- whenever Tickle's pulling whole shots, you know that. Roxon's going to be getting good starts every moto, and if if he can just stay out of, especially with so many guys missing, you know, like Kennard, Anderson, Dungey, like, I mean, you're you're putting him starting, you know, top five every moto. It's hard to say that he's not going to win every moto. Uh, Weege, what do you think? Wins the rest of them? I just can't believe with 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 Tomac in the field. I mean, we've seen a couple of perfect season for sure and i'm not insulting tim ferry who was one second during one of these perfect seasons so Ass- maybe two you asshole was he second with both Stu and rc um no Wyndham was second with rc wasn't he uh maybe oh two though Tim two i think timmy was second timmy you know what yeah timmy was second i think to both perfect seasons <laughs> so two of the three perfect seasons ever been tim ferry's been second are you are you are you trying to are you trying to bring him down because i'll hang up on you right now I'm just saying, like, Eli Tomac is a great talent. We saw what he's capable of last year. Uh, We can argue that that's about as well as anyone can ride a bike. He's still there. He's still racing. I just, it seems crazy to think that over, what what do we got left, 10 motos? uh, We have have 12, actually. If Dungey was out, I'd say it. But, damn, that's what makes this even more impressive to me, that that he's still got, Dungey's out, but he's still got a very impressive talent on a top-line team and bike. And he's still doing this. That's what makes it that much more 
aggressive, but also I think makes the odds a little bit tougher. I like to see a lot Roxon's tweets get worse and worse every week with food he's eating. Like and by Indiana, he's just he's just he's putting in a giant pig roast that he's devouring the night before. <laughs> just, it'd be like great pig roast. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um. Anything else? Yeah, I guess I, the one thing to talk about is, you know, Tomac obviously starting off last year the way he did on a bike that he'd been on for a couple of years, comfortable, finally dialed in and and putting up the results and the finishes he did. And then all of a sudden you have Roxon who won in 14 and switching brands. And then, you know, possible obviously going to be yeah. switching brands next year. Does he, does he, is he regretting, you know, uh, anything? You and uh, you and JT can discuss bike setup for hours and talk about how important it is. I call BS. Uh, Justin Barsha won Redbud last year. Uh, his bike setup was great and fantastic, and now he's not happy with his Yamaha. And Tomac saying, oh, I'm not happy with the Cowie or whatever. Don't No, they're, they're all good. They're all capable of winning. Um, you know, that's what these guys, that's what, that's what you riders like JT and you, Jimmy, tell yourselves. I, I, I know, I, I get right. that, but there's still that, it's just so mental, and there's still that thing in the back of your head where you start figuring a bike out, and you've been with a group of people, and you've been, everything, you've had those ups and downs, you've figured them out, and that it takes a while to build that confidence, and he's got that confidence right now. The one guy who you can say, it really didn't matter with was Carmichael. You know, he could hop on a brand new bike and just go out there and 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 do whatever. But I think that you know, Kenny being such a technical rider that he is, um, you know, it it's a little bit for me looking at it from obviously outside. It's a little bit scary to think, man, like things are going so well right now, and he's got to change a lot of things next year. Yeah, JT, where are you where are you saying? Oh, I was saying if you mechanics would get the bike right, we wouldn't have these issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I, I just uh, it, it drives me nuts. But, you know, if you're a team, if you're Kawasaki, and you said to Eli, look, man, we're out. Like, we've done everything with you, and you need to look in the mirror, that's going to go terrible. That's not going to work out either. So you have to keep testing and keep putting your head down and keep oh, circling sure. back and keep there's, circling never, back to other tests. There's no doubt about that, and, and yeah. they are going to do that. And yeah. he'll, I think – Tomac's an awesome rider, and he's a hard worker. He'll get there. When we hear about Roxon next year on a brand-new Honda saying, you know, I'm just not happy with my setup, I'm just going to smash my head into my mixing board repeatedly. Just over and over and over. So, um, You should be interested to see, for sure, what, what, what he does. And I guess we do forget that whatever he did. Because he already did this once. He won a title left yeah. and struggled an entire year after the team he wanted to go to. Uh, he went to, so that's, that's, he's going to be in a really tough spot. It happens again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jimmy. Maybe what, not. Jimmy, he's get paid a lot, so maybe Jimmy, it doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe. Jimmy, what do you hear about the RCH team next year? We, we, I, it's all over the map. And I think JT and Weege can vouch for me that we all have different people we talk to and different things going on. It's all over the map for that team. Yeah, no, I think I think they stay put. I mean, honestly, but um, I think yeah, they're they're doing a good job for Suzuki, and and obviously. You know, they probably do have options, but I don't know. I think that they're, so you think they stay, they're happy where they're yeah, at. Yeah, do you think – okay, so the rumors go that they're even folding. But you say that they stay racing, they stay on Suzuki's, and they sign a couple of dudes. 
Who knows? But I think everything's going really well for him right now, and okay. you know, I don't, I don't see it being the end. That, that, that just doesn't make sense. But then again, there's been a lot of things that don't make sense. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happen. Yeah, Weege can vouch for that. Things that don't make sense, huh, Weege? Oh, that's a great weekend. Great weekend. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July. Somebody exercise. I'm, I'm still trying to put my. So I'm trying to put my life back together. Somebody exercised their, their God-given American right to express an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. They, I First Amendment. All over me. First Amendment. That's right, JT. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was God. I mean, I know it's supposed to be an American thing, but I, I, for a while I thought I was on another planet. <laughs> You're like, I'm not yeah. in America. I'm on Mars. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even on Earth. Right, right. There, there was yeah. a lot of snakes and sparklers this weekend at, uh, at Redbud. Oh, all right. Pits. I well, do have to say the crowd, man, I know that's awesome every year, so it's probably not news, but that podium is just, it's just unbelievable. And uh, there was even some flashing going on. You know this. I saw. I saw there was some flashing uh, yeah. on TV. It made it on TV. <laughs> Hurriedly edited it out, so if you folks want to go to probotocross.com to watch the last podium of the day, you won't see it. But if you watch live on NBCSN, apparently it's there. And only to the eagle eyes, luckily we have, luckily we have the master scout on the program. If that's going to happen, Grant Langston is going to be the first to catch it, luckily. <laughs> oh, Langston caught so. the boobs. Shocking. Langston. Oh, he did instantly. <laughs> <laughs> GL picks him out. He can pick out lines on the track and boobs on the podium. Um, all right. Uh, Jason Thomas, uh, Jimmy Albertson, uh, Jason Wygant, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. That's the Red Bud Wrap-Up. Thanks, guys, and uh, happy 4th of July. I'm going to get back to work, though, as soon as I uh, as soon as soon I stop this. So, um, thanks, guys. See you. Yeah. See Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go.